The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to Just End the Show, where it never gets any easier. The Jets somehow played their worst game of the year in yes. a twenty-one to fourteen win over the Houston Texans. Kevin, this was honest to God one of the worst football games I've ever had the displeasure of sitting through, and it is without a doubt the worst win I've ever seen. These two offenses should be ashamed of themselves. Zach Wilson is terrible. And it yeah. looks like we're going to be starting over at quarterback all over again. I- I'm glad you said it before I did. No, I I, uh, I was thinking about, you know, the image of the clown masks where one of them is a smiley face and one of them is a frowny face. That's going to be like our podcast today where there's a lot of, from a comedy standpoint, this is the this is the kind of stuff we live for on this podcast. But uh, it's going to turn at some point when we actually have to evaluate where this team is going. Yeah, that's uh, anybody I saw out there who was like, yeah, great win for the Jets. I'm like, there is absolutely no way that you watch this game, not even a second of it. No, no. And it's, Wilson was supposed to be the one thing we had to look forward to all year, watching Zach Wilson progress and hopefully get a little bit better week to week, going through those rookie growing pains and then seeing how he kind of learned to read NFL defenses. I am so out on Zach Wilson after this game that we're in like, is Zach Wilson a bust mode? Like that's where we are in week 12 of his rookie season is we are having the, is this guy a bust conversation? Because that was that bad. He couldn't throw the ball accurately to running backs out of the backfield. That could not have been four or five yards away from him. He couldn't do it. He was firing fastballs high and away. He's trying to fit the ball into receivers. He's just bouncing it. I mean, it's not that Zach was making the wrong decisions. Like you go back to that Patriots game, the four interception game, you say, okay, he's just making the wrong reads. He's a rookie. He's playing against a Bill Belichick defense. He'll figure it out along the way. This is These are the mistakes that rookies make. These were not the mistakes that rookies make for Zach Wilson yesterday in that game. There was no excuse for any of these. He can't throw. He can't hit anybody. Yeah. No, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I texted you some uh, pretty insane hyperbolic statements during the game, one of which I think was that is, is Zach Wilson a friendlier Ryan Leaf? That, that was where my head was at during this. I, I'm going to echo some of the things you said, but yeah, it's just that before this year, we mentioned it and several like Jets, you know, podcasts and blogs and things that brought up this kind of comparison of, well, look at it as a progression like Josh Allen, where he's going to come in, you know, his rookie year is going to be slow and, but then uh, maybe you'll see glimpses of it and then he's going to step up, you know, in the next couple of years and become elite. And, uh, I don't know if you specifically do like a side-by-side statistical analysis between him and Allen, but in terms of this performance, I I couldn't agree more with the fact that he is just, he is so incredibly inaccurate. I've never seen anything like it. He can't hit dudes, like you said, who are wide open. His mechanics look terrible. He seems like he's still confused about sort of the play designs and some of these things. Uh, that That isn't as much of a problem maybe as it was in the earlier part of the year, but... 
we're seven weeks into this now, if you don't include the weeks that he was injured. And at a certain point, we have enough of a sample size. We're like, this guy is just not an accurate passer. And that's a major fucking problem for a guy who was drafted second overall in the draft. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, there's no I don't come away from this game with any positives for him. Do you You know? And and from an accuracy standpoint, he is the worst quarterback that was the worst quarterback performance i've ever seen in my life and i watched jamarcus russell play when he came out of college (laughs) like this is like from an accuracy standpoint i've never seen a quarterback in the nfl play that poorly i've never seen it like is this real is he really missing these throws i i I just couldn't wrap my brain around how somebody who played college football albeit at byu but somebody who played college football who's been playing quarterback his entire life could miss the types of throws that he was missing by the magnitude that he was missing them. It almost overshadowed, and it didn't almost, it did overshadow the entire win for me because this win is just the Jets' defense somehow being better than Houston's defense because Houston's offense is a joke. Uh, we'll get into all of that later, I'm sure. Um, but this was like the worst one I've ever seen. I'm Like I said, I'm so out on Wilson. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I can't even enjoy this one. Yeah, I can't even enjoy it because like you said, we have almost no positives to take away from short of, I don't know, Jonathan Franklin Myers and Quinnen Williams eating the Houston Texans offensive line for lunch. It's like, who cares? Yeah. No, I, I, I was left with such an empty feeling after this. And it's like, I you actually have to remind yourself that they won the game. You're like, oh, yeah, they, they won. They did win. So that technically happened. Um, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand what could possibly be happening. And I was actually interested uh, in your input on this. Do you suspect what's going on with Zach is... Uh, I know that there's not a firewall between physical and mental. You know, these things can go, you know, it can be a version of either one. But which do you think it's mostly physical or mostly mental? Because from a physicality standpoint, I mean, there was the one play where he kind of came up limping, but he doesn't seem he didn't seem like he was necessarily like, uh, you know, it didn't he didn't look like a guy who was necessarily playing hurt or it didn't seem like coming off of the injury was something. It really seems like he is mentally there's something going there's something going terribly wrong where i mean not being able to throw a football to a guy who's standing wide open in the backfield that's that's a i mean that's something that like you or i could do you know what i'm saying i mean grant yeah. we would get sacked not, not hyperbole yeah <laughs> but, football fans make that joke all the time i could have done better yeah. like, literally you, i we could throw a football a to a guy who's standing five yards in front of me it's it's so it has to be something there has to be something that um and yeah, I get it. Like it can be, it can be a combination of the two. Where if he feels like he's not physically a hundred percent, then that's in his head, and then that's affecting things. I get that as an idea, but like it just seems like he has the yips, right? Yeah, I mean, the one thing you could say in his defense, um, with in terms of mental ailments, is it's rust, right? This was his first game back yeah. since the knee injury. So maybe if he comes out next week and looks like the passer that we saw. The first few weeks, who wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we were watching Peyton Manning out there the first few weeks, but he at least looked like somebody who could be a serviceable NFL quarterback. He wasn't out there missing everything. Um, if we get that guy back next week, I think maybe we can lower the temperature a little bit. Maybe we could stop sounding the Zach Wilson bust alarms so quickly and just chalk this one up to rust that he hadn't played. Although he did practice. So again, how much of a leash do you get even with the rust excuse? Maybe some of it is mental. Maybe watching Mike White, you know, and even guys like Flacco have some sort of magnitude of success on this offense. Maybe that sort of affected 
Zach's psyche in a way where it's like, oh, wow, even, you know, I, I have all these physical tools. If they can do this, why, why aren't I succeeding? Maybe that did get to him. I'm not sure. It's just uncanny. And the thing of the comparisons to Allen and stuff like that, I think, you know, again, I don't know about the stats or whatever, but from an eye test perspective, at least from my memory of it, in Josh Allen's rookie year, he was he was also inaccurate. He had accuracy problems, but like that was, you know, he he was also able to extend plays with his legs. He was able to do things. See, there was a little bit of a highlight reel you could put together of like, well, here are the here are the ten plays where we can see this guy's ceiling. You know, here's something where you can look at it and go, yeah. like, outside of you know maybe that that uh, touchdown he threw in the Tennessee game. I'm like, what what are the highlights from seven weeks of Zach Wilson play? I mean, it's so scarce. Yeah, Josh Allen was inaccurate down the field. He was overthrowing deep balls. He wasn't missing running backs on swing routes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a huge difference in yeah. accuracy, his accuracy problems and Zach's accuracy problems. That's what leads me to believe that it has to be something that, that's mentally going on with him because if he's, it didn't look like he's physically incapacitated in any way. And yeah, the, the missing guys downfield, it's like. I mean, the second part of this game, if we go through the game, like it seemed like what Michael Floor did, at least from my perspective, it seemed like at a certain point he was like, "This guy's a liability to the offense." Like the we can't, we have to take the ball out of his hands, and so you get the Ty Johnson, you get the Tevin Coleman carries, and that's really what produced the offense that that ended up winning them the game. Also, that that guy Blacklock for Houston, thanks for him. He was our best offensive player. Also, their defensive back or whoever that guy was who <laughs> jumped over the line and then <laughs> uh, whoever that the, was. The penalty on the field yeah. goal that gave us a free yeah. touchdown. Yeah, shout out to that guy. And whoever ripped off Zach's helmet, he also helped us out a lot. Now, it's just, it's like, you know, you can do the whole, we got to give him time, this is a new system, da-da-da-da-da. We're seven weeks into this, and the offensive coordinator halfway through a game against the Houston Texans is like, this guy's a liability. Yeah. That's that's a major fucking problem. I know I already said it, but it it really is. And I don't I'm not, I don't know I, I I can't see a way where we're looking back on this like going you know ah remember after that Texans game we were like we thought that he was a bust. I mean Zach, if you're out there, man, you seem like a nice guy. If you're listening to just end the show, you seem like a nice guy. I'm I'm a Jets fan. I'm rooting for you. I'm watching you every week. But it, I would love for you to prove me wrong, but this is the, it, this is looking like he is a straight up disaster, and it's insane because going into the year, like you said, he was the not only was he what we were looking forward to, but we were looking at the rest of the team and going, well, he's going to be the only bright spot. There's not yeah. going to be any offensive weapons. The defense is severe is 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 incredibly young and so scarce in talent, and you know we've seen. Look, the defense has not played fantastic. Okay, <laughs> they played pretty terribly over the past few weeks, but like right now, the number one problem on this team is the quarterback. We're not just talking about him because he's the quarterback, and that's like the cool thing to talk about. He is really the number one problem coming out of this game. Yeah, there's no question about it. Like you said, the Jets sort of have to let Wilson play the rest of the year because they really don't have much to lose anyway. You might as well give him these last few games. But is anyone assuming that we get more of the same? Can any Jets fan legitimately be excited about Zach Wilson going into year two? I don't. You've got to look at ways to replace him in the offseason or at least bring somebody else in to challenge him in the offseason, right? Legitimately for the starting role, not just a veteran mentor whose brain he could pick like we've talked about. No, no, no. You're looking for a potential veteran replacement for next year at this point. And if Zach outplays that person, so be it. I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that the plan still is very much 
they're they're very much in the i mean for what you're saying from from i think i agree with you from what i'm saying as you and i both watching the game being like no we've already seen this movie we need to get i, I want to get off this ride immediately before it goes before it goes where we know it's going but from an organizational standpoint i mean you still have douglas this is going to be douglas's team right and this this is the idea you have this new coach you have the new offensive coordinator and you have zach and so i think the idea is they run everything back next year and that's what they're doing. They're hoping that he improves in the off season. I mean, I don't see any way that it's going to get better over the next whatever it is, five weeks. Uh, five weeks? How many weeks are there in the season anymore? Um, but no, I mean, I just think that I agree with what you're saying, that I would like that to be the, a direction that they're at least thinking of, because we should not be rooting for Josh Johnson to come into football games. That's not something that we should be doing. And I was doing it. I was like, they should bench him at halftime. He, he's he's playing terribly. Like, it's just just watch from a watching perspective, I agree with you. But, un, like, the organizational thing, people are going to still say you got to give him time and all of that. So that's what we're doing. But I, I, we've got to see something over these, the, the next few weeks. Something. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that gave up on Sam Darnold after three years. Sam Darnold showed flashes. Sam yeah. Darnold had whole games, whole stretches of games where it looked like this kid might be really good. Zach Wilson has had two throws against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. He has two standout highlight plays in one game for the entire season. It's week 12. <laughs> So I know last week I had said that I actually liked the Texans giving the points here just based on the fact that this Jets defense hasn't shown that they can really stop anyone. And that's sort of the way that this game was trending early if we go back to the beginning of it. The Texans had an early fourth and one in the first quarter. They were on their own side of the field and they decided to go for it, Yeah, which is just such a slap in the face. Like <laughs> it cannot be more disrespectful to a defense, and they give it to Burkhead, I think, who picked it up easily. I think Burkhead had, like, 12 yards on that carry. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, that is, if nothing else, that is an indictment of this Jets defense and the way that other NFL teams feel about this Jets defense, that you're willing to go for a fourth and one on your own half of the field in a scoreless game in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I think that briefly that Houston forgot they were like, oh, wait, shouldn't we be trying to lose this game? Because it was just so easy to run on the Jets there. They're like, oh, let's just let's just do that. No, I yeah, that 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 was a clear sign of disrespect. I I mean, we do have to give uh, the defensive line credit for rallying, though. I mean, they, they did they did play well. Um, overall in the game. But yeah, early on, it looked like it was going exactly the way that all, a lot of these other games have gone, where they're just out of it immediately. And these teams are just showing absolutely no signs of respect towards towards the defense. But uh, yeah, they did they did rallies, particularly the defensive line played well in this game, which coming out of the uh, coming out of the disasters against Indianapolis and uh, and Buffalo is an encouraging sign. But the secondary man, yeah, that leaves a lot to be desired. It feels like if you go by the defensive line here, it's just free yardage. Yeah, and you saw the Texans going right down the field on their first possession all the way into the red zone until Jonathan Franklin Myers yep. jumps up, has the tip pick, saves the day. I actually thought that play could have been a touchdown if he lateraled it. I think he had Shaq yeah. Lawson trailing him. I was like, give him the ball, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what have we got to lose? Right. Just pitch it backwards. Get the defensive touchdown. We're not going to punch it in on offense, right? Yeah. So that was a pretty, obviously, a great play by Jonathan Franklin Myers, who had an absolute monster day picking on the Texans' offensive line. And then the Jets take over. 
And the one thing that stood out to me during the player introductions was Laurent Duvernay-Tardif in at right guard for Greg Van Roten. Finally, a moment the Jets fans have been waiting for. The doctor is in. Yeah, I I wasn't sure that that was going to happen before I saw the players' introductions as well. He was in there, and I wasn't sure about it. And then the other example of that on the offense was uh, Walter, (laughs) our guy, who, when he had his first carry, I texted you, and I was like, please tell me that you know who this is because I have absolutely no idea. And he's in. He's playing. He's running for the Jets. Yeah, that was a surprise, wasn't it? I mean, they put Michael Carter on IR before this game. Obviously, as everyone expected, he'll miss at least the next three weeks, maybe four. But I think what I would have expected if they're going to call a running back up from the practice squad was the Michael Pirine, who was a big part of the Jets running back rotation last year. And instead, we get this other guy who immediately comes in and scores a touchdown for us and looks pretty good in doing so. Yeah, if you're LaMichael Pirine, I wouldn't uh, count on a long-term uh, stay with the Jets here because he looked like pretty competent. So we'll see if uh, he might be the third stringer at this point or, thir- or third choice. Um and I texted you that if we get Mike White back, we'll have Walter White. So that's kind of cool. Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have the Philly special. We'll have the Heisenberg. Yeah. We'll, we'll, ha- right. we'll have Walter throw it to Mike White in the end zone. <laughs> that's good. That'll be a special play that they draw up, the, uh, the Jesse, they call it. <laughs> I thought the offensive line played pretty well considering uh, how terribly – they, they're pretty bad, I guess, in some of the the pass in some of the passing plays. But I thought like uh, that they were able to actually block. Granted, again, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Houston here, so don't congratulate yourself too much on like beating up on Houston's defensive line. But in terms of that battle, I mean, on I, th- I felt like the uh, Dets controlled the line on both sides of the ball. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And listen, I mean, if we're gonna get down on this team, the least we can do is give credit where credit is due. And I think the Jets' offensive line, at least in their run blocking, deserves some credit in this game for sure, because that's what went out and won it. We said that this game last week might be a (laughs) tank-off. And watching this game, I think that's exactly what we got. I know that NFL games aren't fixed, at least I think they're not. And I know that players on the field do not actively tank. However... If you were to have a game... If you were watching this game. (laughs) Right. If there was ever a game where both teams were actively trying to lose, it would look a lot like this game. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. There there was some, uh, like I say, the the comedy side of this is almost too much to pass up. So obviously people are going to point out the Wilson interception where he throws it off of Ty Johnson's helmet. Who's not looking Um, at him. You know, He's, he's, He's... passing the ball to a guy who is not looking at him. It's tough to blame Ty Johnson. Yeah, although I will say I'm going to join the uh, Jets Reddit uh, community in uh, in pointing out that if you do freeze frame right before he throws it, Ty Johnson is looking at him, and so he turns around right as Zach's getting rid of the ball. It's still Zach's fault because he tucks the ball down, so Ty Johnson's like, oh, he's going to run with it. I'll block for him. And then he just flings it off his helmet. But it isn't like he had his back to him the whole play, but it is, that's going to be, you know, that's that's one that I, so I, I actually, like we were saying, I'm much more down on like his accuracy in passes he should be able to complete than like a really dumb rookie mistake like that. But that's going to be one of the blooper reels. But for, for Houston, on the Houston side of things, 
uh, toward the end of the game, they run up on that play. What is it, fourth and two? It was like third and eight or something like that, and then they didn't get it, but it was like fourth and two, and they ran up, and they have like Tyrod Taylor hand the ball off in shotgun. <laughs> that's their that's their big like fourth down play as the as the gate clock is winding down. I'm like, that's the kind of thing you could talk me into. Like, I could just hear Tyrod like hearing the play in his helmet and being like, "Are you serious? We're gonna run that right now?" Yeah. And I first down that you absolutely need. Those are your two plays on third and one. They a shotgun slow developing run into <laughs> Quinn Williams' gut up the middle. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and then pretty much the same play on fourth and two after you just lost a yard. I mean, that was a very confusing offensive series for the Texans to say the least. But what takes the cake is the hail mary attempt where there's every all the jets are back the offensive linemen are just there's three offensive linemen standing there for houston or four whatever it is tyrod takes the snap and he just drops back like a couple of steps and throws to a receiver who's covered like 15 yards downfield that has to be the worst hail mary attempt of all time like if he had just if he had just taken the snap and just walked at a normal walking pace <laughs> forward past the line of scrimmage he, they could have gained more yards on that like he didn't throw to the goal line right he didn't so he didn't actually throw a hail mary and he didn't do the thing where it's like oh we're going to be crafty and try to like try to lateral he's like nah this guy who's actually covered <laughs> not that far downfield yeah it's i mean that was the most like i am so ready to hit the showers moment i that's the only time all year that I'm watching a Jets game and being like, I feel actively bad for people who are rooting for Houston because you just know that they're not trying at all. Like that is clearly the action of a team that does not care. But it was, I mean, it, it made me laugh. Yeah, I, I think we were texting back and forth during that point in the game too. Oh man, this Houston team is just, you knew that they weren't good. The offsides, oh my God. the offsides on, on the field goal who, thing. Who, who takes a penalty <laughs> on a field goal? I mean, they handed the Jets... A, fr- a free touchdown in a game where they lost by a touchdown. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing you see from teams that are tanking, just giving teams free points. And it makes you wonder if are they tank? Because I've watched the Jets in this, and I don't think that they are act. I'm not sure that they are actively tanking because it was really hard to tell because it did seem like Zach was actually trying to make throws and not being able to make them. And the defense actually seemed like they were, pl- you know, actively trying to stop. You know, they weren't, they weren't always doing it, but they were actively trying to stop them. But from the Houston thing, it looked like at the beginning of the game, I was like, this could, they could beat us by three touchdowns here. Like it seemed like they, you know, the same type of game that we saw like in Denver and everywhere else right where it was just like oh they uh, you know they're, they're just gonna be able to dominate us and it was like they, it just seemed like they went oh whoops yeah no never mind sorry about that here you can have it like just uh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was a game that was almost without coaching not bad coaching but it almost seemed <laughs> as if each coach had just sort of ta- like oh I thought we were playing on Monday and they just didn't show up the, I mean this was a game if you look at the Jets rushing the uh, Tevin Coleman averaged 4.2 yards per carry. So did Austin Walter, yeah. and Ty Johnson averaged seven yards a carry. The Jets ran all over this team in a game where they were physically incapable of throwing the ball short, of throwing the ball deep, of throwing the ball at all. Zach Wilson finished this game 14 for 24. So he only had 24 attempts to begin with. He only completes yeah. 14 of those passes like not- for 145 yards. So sub. 150 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. If you're the Houston Texans, at some point, wouldn't you think that maybe we should put an extra guy in the box and make the Jets throw the football? <laughs> and then from from the other side, from their offense, the Jets' defensive line is having a 
monster game. You can't do anything on the ground if you're the Texans. Don't you think that you might want to go five wide receivers against a nameless, faceless Jets secondary who had pretty much at one point had to start Jason Pinnock at corner? Wouldn't you try to take advantage of a Brandon Cooks-Jason Pinnock matchup if you could? Why wouldn't you just spread this team out? And why wouldn't you just load up against the run? It's almost like the Texans coaching staff just handed us this one by making no adjustments. Yeah, well, I think that it's not like that. That's clearly what's going on, right? I mean, it, it almost has to be. I mean, in terms of like toward the end of the game rolling over, maybe you can just account that too, that nobody on that roster believes that that team is heading in the right direction. So it's not so much a tank as just a we don't care. But yeah, from a game planning standpoint, I mean, it absolutely makes no sense. And in terms of the amount of pressure that the defensive line, I want, I want to give them credit on that, but it just seems like also like they, they did, they were not making a great effort to protect Tyrod in a situation where I think Tyrod, the, the team we were mentioning it in the last podcast, like the t- Texans were playing better under Tyrod. Like they seemed like they were, they were actually like, you know, a little bit friskier trying to move the ball. And uh, man, this was just, yeah, they, they, this was such a bad game plan. And so, so clearly, whether or not you want to say that they were tanking, it was just such a, like you said, just making absolutely no adjustments on the run thing. And, and, you know, uh, Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman are, you know, they're, 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 they're fine players, I, I suppose, but they are not averaging seven yards a carry, averaging feet. No, that, that is, that is clearly a malfunction, uh, happening on the defense. And I think, to you know on the jet side of the ball i think lafleur probably sees that sees it working and says well this makes my job easier because i can't have zach wilson throwing the ball i don't know where it's going and you mentioned he had one pick he that other one absolutely should have been picked that uh that that was dropped by by houston so he definitely could have had that one more and also the fumble that went in you know that went however many yards back field and out of bounds which again it looks like he, why is Houston not trying to recover they're just they're trying to pick up the ball and then it goes out of bounds that could have been another devastating Zach Wilson moment along with like the 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 bad interception um yep. so you know if you if you look at it from that perspective it really actually could have been even worse for Zach in addition to the inaccuracy he could have he could have had more turnovers too so yeah it was uh, it was all around it was the toilet bowl we told you last week Maybe it was the tank bowl. The tank off. The tank off. Yeah. Houston's head coach, David Cully, might be the only person on the field who had a worse week than Zach Wilson. Let's take a little bit of a break, and then I want to get into the Jets matchup next week against the Eagles. So, Kevin, I don't know if you caught any of that Eagles-Giants game last week. The Eagles went in as, I believe it was a four-point favorite against the Giants, and they proceeded to play somehow worse offense than the Houston Texans. The Eagles scored seven points on the Giants. Seven Jalen Hurts, 14 for 31, 129, no touchdowns, three picks. So somebody had a worse day out there than Zach Wilson. It was Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And I believe he's questionable for this game with an ankle injury coming out of that Giants game, which maybe explains some of that stat line. Oh, shit. So we're going to see Gardner Minshew? We could see Gardner oh, Minshew in this that game. Line better go up, folks. What is it? It's, only, it's seven right it's now. It's seven right now. The Eagles are a seven-point road favorite going into MetLife Stadium next week, or I should say, going into MetLife Stadium again next week. I believe they just played the Giants there. 
Yeah. I wonder if they're just staying in town. They're just they're just hanging out in New York. Yeah, see yeah. if you can meet them. See if you can meet up with with uh, Gardner Minshew. Just I get Gardner Minshew's autograph. <laughs> yeah, just go. I'm just going to ride the Hunting, subway to Brooklyn and, and assume that I run into Gardner Minshew and his mustache in Williamsburg. I'll try that. <laughs> I'll see if it works. Although nobody yeah. would notice him in Williamsburg. He could walk around. <laughs> you know, could, yeah. no celebrity. He's got kombucha in a mason jar just hanging out, wiping his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The I, I only caught like the very beginning and very end of the Giants game. So, but basically it seemed like just a complete snooze fest. Like I, it was like three, nothing for so long. Like I saw the first, um, the first field goal. And then it was like, every time I checked the score, I'm like, is it, it was one of those. I'm like, and like red zone was like barely showing it, but yeah, just kind of like seeing the numbers that, um, I, I, I've never been a Jalen hurts fan, I guess, or just, I've never really seen anything from him that I like, but he had been playing well or or, or or certainly better the past few weeks and their and their running game yeah uh was actually pretty seemed like it was pretty dominant and then they come out and lay an egg against the giants so uh do we just chalk that up to division weirdness bad game and then they're gonna absolutely just blow the jets out of the water because that's kind of what i'm assuming is gonna happen yeah i mean that seems like the likely narrative going into this one right and it's not like the giants went out there and crushed them i mean it was a 13 to 7 game it was an ugly game for both sides. Yeah. Um, I think if it's Minshew, I'm almost more bullish on the Eagles. Yeah. Just because of what the Jets don't do well. Because if you've got Minshew, you know, again, what Houston should have done, what the Eagles can <laughs> do is just spread the Jets out and just have Minshew throw bombs to Devontae Smith and Jalen Rieger all day. They've got Quez Watkins in the slot. So there's a very clear path for the Eagles to win this one pretty easily. And it starts with Minshew spreading us out. If we get a passer like Hertz, uh, maybe the Jets have a, a chance to cover in this one. Obviously, Hertz was pretty inaccurate. He was pretty bad in that Giants game. Um, you know, Hertz is obviously his threat is as a runner. He had eight carries for seventy-seven yards against the Giants, but the Jets aren't haven't really given up too many big rushing performances to quarterbacks this year, even the running ones. I think Tyrod Taylor broke away for one big gainer in this this week. And then that was really it. Yeah. So Hertz almost just doesn't scare me, or at least doesn't scare me as much as his own backup Gardner Minshew. So it'll be interesting to see who the Eagles run out there in this game. Either way, this is a huge stay away from a gambling perspective. You cannot take the Jets even getting seven points against the Eagles. The Eagles were considered a team on the rise going into this game against the Giants. And maybe they are, maybe they're not at this point because of that game. But you cannot take the Jets in this game, even with the points. You absolutely cannot. I'm foreseeing the thing that happened with the Bills, right? They get blown out by Indy, and it's like, uh-oh, this whole thing is going to hell in a handbasket. Who knows where, the, knows where this is going? And then they come out on Thanksgiving and just kick ass. Like, I could see that the Eagles – I mean, I don't think that the Eagles are good as good as the Bills, but I think, like, I could see the Eagles – just not screwing around with this game. And you mentioned that, yeah, the the running quarterback thing is funny because I'm trying to think of really, there hasn't, yeah, t other than Tyrod, I'm trying to think like it has been a, pr we've been playing mostly like pretty, you know, pretty pocket passer type quarterbacks. Like, you know, they're, they haven't, um, yeah. I, you know, I, guess, I mean, I guess Allen to, to an extent, but that's true. They, they haven't really seen anybody like Jalen Hurts this season. That's yeah. A good point. So, we don't know how bad they'll be. <laughs> that's our that's our message here on Just End the Show. Tune in next week to find out how bad it got. Uh, 
Yeah, I we were saying it. The, the thing you just said about the spreading the Jets out, whatever. This is something we've been we were saying even early on in these weeks, where I was like, it's interesting that they were losing games by, and these teams were were not even like exploiting the the fact that they're these guys in the secondary are like third string and practice squad level talent, like. And, you know, and so I think when we do when we did see examples of that, like I think the the Patriots was an example. But, you know, it's th- those are like some of the biggest blowout games. And and uh, obviously the, the Colts thing was different because you had Jonathan Taylor running all over everywhere. But, you know, they, they, it's such a it's such a glaring defensive weakness that, you know, when you see the, like the games that the Jets have won, it's been because I think. For the most part, the defensive line has been able to come through in the clutch and been able to get stops. They were they were all over um, they were all over in the Tennessee game. Um, they were able to hang in with the Bengals. That was kind of a that was a little bit more of a shaky performance, but they were able to hang in and make key plays. But you know, in this game, the, def- the you know Franklin Myers and Quinnen, like you're saying, are making these plays. So that's really the only like dominant defensive things that have happened in the Jets this year really are on the front line in terms of that secondary performance. I can't think of an example where there would, where we were shutting teams down in the secondary all year. So if they just, yeah, I I think you might be right about ironically, if they have Minshew in there coming out of the shotgun, just firing bullets, I think that they could just, I think they could just destroy us, but maybe, maybe there's a way that the Jets can get to, to, to Hertz, but um, yeah, I, I I think the Eagles are in not fucking around mode from the word go, would be my guess. Yeah, this could be a get-right game for the Eagles for sure. Let's take another quick break. We're going to play a little game with uh, who would you rather have in Zach Wilson. So as we've talked about, we are on the cliff right now with Zach Wilson. We are on the is he or is he not a bust mode in his rookie season in week 12. It's already here. Yeah, it's here. So I'm going to list you off some quarterbacks, Kev, and I want you to tell me, would you or would you not trade this quarterback for Zach Wilson right now? Okay. I'm going to go through every NFL team really quick. I'm going to skip the ones with obvious yeses. So like first in the order is the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, you would trade Zach Wilson for Kyler Murray. Anybody would. So that's a that's a ridiculous example. Okay. So let's start with the – I'm looking at the third team in here, Daniel Jones. You trade Zach Wilson for Daniel Jones. I'm going to say no. Yeah, it's a no from me, Doug. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not a Danny Dimes guy myself. Although he, he can weirdly make plays, but, yeah, no. Well, I'm sticking with Zach there. All right. We're skipping Patrick Mahomes. Uh, let's move on to the <laughs> Saints, Jameis Winston. Jameis, still kind of a young quarterback. Do you trade Zach for Jameis? Mm. I'm going to say no, but – Go ahead. By the way, I should go last. I don't want to influence your answers. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's it's a it's a no from me. But I, now that you're saying it, I'm like, man, with this receiving core, like Jameis could actually like get some stuff done. But uh, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the long term play. I don't want to have. Uh, I don't want to have Jameis on on a. I don't want to have to root for Jameis Winston for any like prolonged amount of time. That's so I'm fair. Gonna, I'm gonna say no. That's fair. Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, it's hard to argue right now that Zach is not worse than Carson Wentz, but I'm still, I'm going to say no for the same reason. I don't want to, I don't want to have to root for Carson Wentz week in and week out, but I might, you know what? I, 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 we might be at that place with Wilson really soon, but for right now, it's a no. 
I agree. I think you got to play the long game with this one, even though Carson's not that old. You got to play the ceiling game. Uh, I would say no as well. Here's where it gets interesting. Okay. I'm going to assume that Teddy Two Gloves slash Drew Locke is a no, right? As I pass the Denver Broncos, that's a no. And I'm going to assume that Russell Wilson is a yes. Is that fair? Yes, it would be for me. Yes. Okay. Here's where we get into the interesting ones. The Las Vegas Raiders. Would you trade Zach Wilson for Derek Carr? I think I would. I re- I actually thought you were going to say Mariota, and I was like, oh god, don't do that to me. <laughs> I would not trade him for Mariota. Um, I would not trade him for Mariota. Oh man. What if it was Derek Carr and a pick? It was Derek Carr and some asset for Zach Wilson. Yeah. You have to think about that if you're the Jets, don't you? Yeah, I, I would say yes if there's an asset attached to it. I like Carr <laughs> in general. And again, we're talking about if I, I do really believe in this receiving core. So I think if you put somebody in there like that, they, they, he, they, he could make an immediate impact on the team. Man, yeah. Berg, I'm going to say I'm going to go. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to go yes on Carr. And uh, but I I would not not straight up they got to sweeten the deal like you said we got to we got to get a pick or something. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair. Here's the most fun hypothetical maybe the Carolina Panthers. I'm not talking about Cam Newton. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Would you trade straight up no asset? Would you come on? Would home. you bring Sam back and trade him for Zach Wilson? Say Sam, we're sorry, we were wrong. Uh, the Panthers might be trying to unload this guy no matter what. <laughs> do you just do you give up Zach and just go back to your ex girlfriend? Well, at least you know what you've got. No, I'm gonna say no, and I, I have a feeling you're gonna say yes, but I'm gonna say no. I I, I don't think that uh, I don't think Wilson. I think we still don't know if Wilson can technically be a starter quality. Whereas if you have Darnold, you're you're like just you're just accepting a backup level quarterback as your starter. So I'm gonna say no, but I. I do you think I'm going to say no to that? But I will say I do think the team, as currently constructed, would be playing better if Darnold was the quarterback. I think that that's absolutely true. But I agree with you. I have to say no to this as well. The PR alone yeah. would be too much of a disaster, even if they did get better yeah. <laughs> in the short term and maybe even the long term. You just—it's just not something that you feasibly could do. Uh, here's a, a two-parter. Oh boy, the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy okay. Garoppolo, mid-tier quarterback, still kind of young. Or Trey Lance. I might say yes to both of these, if I'm being honest. Huh. That's interesting. Because I'm I'm not a huge Jimmy G fan in general. I, I just, mostly from a gambling perspective, like whenever you bet on that team, you're like, why is this such a tightrope walk? Uh, and I get that that team has had a lot of injury problems. But, um, again, this is a weird thing because I think, the team would definitely be better if Jimmy Garoppolo were the quarterback right now. But just based on that, I, I, I would say no. I'm saying no way more than I thought I would. But this is why it's a good game. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no to Jimmy G. But I realize that like, yeah, I, I'm you 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 say yes to both of them because Lance because Lance I just feel like I, Lance seems like he might be the Josh Rosen of this thing to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not sure that that guy's like an NFL caliber player. And I would know we're. We're definitely not sure about that with Wilson either, but so what? One for one, this would be really tough. I don't know if I would pull the trigger on either one of those. I would probably say no as well. But I would trade quarterback situations with the Forty ers If you're giving me Garoppolo and Lance yes. for Zach, it's a hard yes for me. I would I would trade Jimmy G is my 
quarterback of the now, my incumbent, and I've got Trey Lance waiting in the wings. I would trade that scenario for Zach Wilson any day of the week. Would I take any, either one of them for Zach? You're right, probably not. Uh, the Steelers, I'm going to skip because I would not trade Zach Wilson for Ben Roethlisberger or any other quarterback on the no. Pittsburgh Steelers roster. The Eagles He's He's are another interesting one. The Eagles, you've got uh, Minshew, who's a no as much as we talk about Gardner Minshew, uh, but you've got Jalen Hurts, who might be finding his way out of town anyway in Philly. Ah, uh, I'm saying no a lot more than I thought I would. I think I, I, I think I'd have to say yeah. no to the to the Eagles too. But what do you think? I might say yes to Minshew. <laughs> I know, I know it's insane. I'm sorry, I know it's insane. It's probably I'm getting influenced by Bill Simmons. That's probably part of it. But look, he's good. He's weirdly good. Gardner Minshew played really good, and he was on the and he was on Jacksonville. So you got to think like he's got experience being on like pretty crap in being in like pretty crappy organizations too. With with no receivers, <laughs> which usually is a bad thing. No line, and he like found no a way receivers. to move the ball with that team just by like guts. If you watch that game, right? Like, <laughs> Pure adrenaline. You know what it is, actually. It's like it would be like uh, if you if I'm the GM and I got the call, like I wouldn't hang up right away. It would be no eventually, but like I would be like I'd be like, oh, actually, call me back to you know what? No, no, sorry, no. But ah, uh, yeah, I I, 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 I think I wish Minchu was on the team with Zach. You know what I mean? I wish we had somebody who they could bring in that wasn't Josh Johnson. Man, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm gonna all right. I'm changing it. I'm gonna say no. Uh, like I said, hurts. I don't. I uh, nah. I'm, I'm not really not really in on hurts. Hurts kind of feels like a not a, especially not after last week. Yeah, he kind of feels like a quarterback that would have been more impactful back in like the like the Michael Vick era or something, where it was kind of like whoa, a running quarterback. What can we? But I feel like how many quarterbacks are really having a lot of success with that now? It seems like the types that are having success are dudes who get rid of the ball immediately. Yeah, the yeah. league is sort of caught up with that, right? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. fine to agree. Uh, speaking of running quarterbacks, the Chicago Bears, I would okay. absolutely trade Zach Wilson for Justin Fields in a heartbeat. The Bears would never do it, uh, but I yeah. would do it. Um, this might be our, I, I say ours, if we haven't done this multiple times throughout our team's history. This could be another, we took Hackenberg before yep. the Cowboys took Dak Prescott. I may never forgive. We still have to see how it all plays out, but I may never forgive the Jets for taking Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields. This is such an automatic yes 12 weeks into their respective careers. I'm inclined to agree with you. I I like I like Fields and obviously the thing with Mac, I don't know if you're going to get to Mac Jones, but com- that comparison, the thing about that is that Mac Jones was pro- was never going to get drafted by the Jets, right? It was as far as we knew everything was leaning either once the Lawrence thing was off the table, it was Fields, and then it was Wilson, right? I mean, yeah. What you what you heard from the rumor mill as the draft got closer and closer, it, and you knew where the Jets were picking. It was Fields, 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 Fields until it wasn't, and then it was all Wilson all the time. You knew exactly who they were going to take by the time draft night came around. You knew it was going to be Zach, and I'm just not sure that I understand that move. Again, you talk about yeah. the slower progression of a small school quarterback. It's not ridiculous that the quarterback who played at Alabama seems the most ready right off the bat. Yeah. And the quarterback who played at Ohio state seems a little more ready than the guy who played at BYU. I don't think any of this is shocking. It's something we probably could have predicted, but I didn't think that Zach would look this not ready. And by the way, Justin Fields hasn't come out and wowed anybody. I'm not saying Justin Fields is having a great season. Yeah. It just seems like he's got so much more, poise and is probably more accurate with the football than he was getting credit for 
Um, it, it's a trade that you you do immediately, and it's a pick that you redo immediately if you're the Jets if you have the chance. Uh, the next one, oh, I agree, is at least I was gonna say I was gonna say really quick on the college point though. I mean, to play devil's advocate to that, like you know, quarterbacks coming out of Alabama. I mean, like Tua. You and I were both basically. I think you and I are both looking at it like what his ceiling is like Marcus Mariota or something, right? Yeah. Or, or so. So I mean, you know that there's no guarantee. Whereas like Tom Brady, you know, six round pick becomes the best ever. So there's no there's no way that you can do a linear thing. But yeah, in terms of the Wilson pick, I mean, the idea is that he's got this high ceiling. It's the idea is he can be Patrick Mahomes or 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 I guess Brett Favre and Rodgers or whatever. And you know. Uh, like we haven't not we haven't seen really any glimpses of that at all maybe the one titans throw like we keep bringing up um so you know in terms of that like i understand they i thinking in some ways that they were looking at it and saying with fields we had we kind of know what we have but with zach we could have so much more but that is such a that's such a uh, bad way i think to to kind of go about this and and we're seeing we're we're seeing that right that when you go with these high floor high ceiling guys there's there's a floor and we're hitting that floor really hard right now with Zach. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And I think the ceiling comp with Zach was shorter but faster Aaron Rodgers, right? That was his ceiling yeah. comparison. All right. right. Rams is an interesting one because okay. Staff- Stafford is up there in age, but I think this is one of my first yeses. I think this is one that you'd have to discuss and that the Jets in real life would almost certainly turn down, you have to figure. Uh, but I think I would do it. I think I would think about a Wilson for Stafford if the Rams are looking for a, a reset on their reset, which they're not. But again, this game is a hypothetical. I think I would do it. <laughs> it's a yes for me. I'm a big Stafford fan. I mean, they're, uh, he hasn't he struggled a little bit in the past few weeks, but just as an in-general thing, yes. Yeah, Matt Stafford would be. This offense would be functioning much better with Matt Stafford at the quarterback. What about Jared Goff in Detroit? This is another interesting one only because Goff is still young or young-ish. Um, it's going to be a no for me. Yeah. But the, you, could, you could make a case for it. If you got – this is one of those uh, similar to Derek Carr where if you got the quarterback and an asset, you would at least have to think about it. Yeah. But I think at this point we know what Jared Goff is, right? Right. That's the thing. And and I don't – yeah. I, I, I would say no just because I think we – the ceiling on him would be what the team may be winning six games you know what i mean like i can't see like a Mm -hmm. jared goff quote uh, quarterback to jets team like making the playoffs or winning a playoff game keep in mind jared goff with the right roster did go to the super bowl that did happen that did happen and i can't and i can't deny it but um I know I don't know if Robert Sala is going to be uh, Sean McVay, but but you know I mean uh, that's true. You know that can happen, and game manager types like that can 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 do well uh, in the right circumstances. But these aren't the right circumstances. I think that he would be a pretty middling quarterback. I think he would be playing maybe slightly better than he is on the Lions, but uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to root for Jared Goff week in and week out. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. Uh, Chargers, we can skip. Herbert's an automatic yes. This is an interesting one. The Cleveland Browns, would you trade Zach for Baker Mayfield? I think I would, but man, that's a that's a really uh, interesting hypothetical. Do you think do you think there are parts of Baker that we haven't seen yet? Do you think there's another Baker level? Or is this the level? To be honest, I think that there is. I think healthy Baker 
in the right system, I think that his floor is just so much higher than Zach's. I think that you could never consider Baker a bust, even if he never makes a Pro Bowl or never carries a team to the playoffs. I don't think you can say that Baker is a bust. And I think that's something we might be able to say for Zach. And considering Baker is only a few years older, this is one that I would do. This is one of my yeses. Oh, man. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't like Baker Mayfield and I can't, that, that's not really a football opinion. I can't put my opinion in my, and I actually find his commercials pretty funny, but, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. But from a football perspective, they would obviously be better if he was the quarterback right now. And he's still young, you know, I mean, he's still in terms of, he's not, as young as Zach, obviously, but he's still got a lot of years left in him, assuming that he doesn't get devastated by any of these uh, injuries. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I, 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 if, they, if, they, if this was an actual trade, then yes. But then the, the problem is then, of course, you're going to see that Zach is great in Cleveland or something, right? Like, if you play this hypothetical right. out, it's like... Oh, can you believe how dumb the Jets were? They got rid of Zach Wilson right before he became the greatest thing ever. So, did you think the Browns would actually consider that? Uh, yeah. At this point, their frustrations with Baker—you got to figure. Yeah, it's something that the Browns. This might. This one might actually be the most realistic of all. The Zach Wilson for Baker Mayfield. So I don't know. Keep let's keep an eye on that. Uh, I I think <laughs> Dallas we could safely skip. Uh, Dak's young enough where we don't really have to think about this one, right? Yeah, Dak. They're not gonna. They're not gonna get rid of him. Right, so we'll skip right to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. This is a yes for me, if I'm being honest. This is a this is a young enough, good enough one for me <laughs> yeah. in the Vikings, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree. I mean he's gonna um yeah. He's I, I always feel like Kirk Cousins is like the exact guy that you want on your team if you want your team to win like eight or nine games. And uh I would kill to win eight or nine games as a Jets fan right now. Yeah. The guy that we probably should have had right now, Kirk Cousins. I'm pretty sure we offered him more money than Minnesota. Yeah, and he was like, no, I want to stay. I want to be a Viking. (laughs) Said no one ever. All right, real (laughs) interesting one here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Hear me out. Yes. Would be a Super Bowl, bitch. I I would. Would you trade the rest of Zach's career for one year of Tom Brady if he wins me a Super Bowl? Yeah. This is a this is a no doy. This is th- this would really be a sticking it to Belichick move, move on on Tom's part too. You gotta give you got you gotta love that. <laughs> um, if uh, if the Buccan I mean yes, if the Buccaneers actually did this though, it, they they would need to like make sure that their GM was like not having a stroke or something. But yeah, uh, in terms of uh, right, I mean this would also be really complicated though. We're not ta- thinking about the psychological implications of having to root for him. That's true. It's it, it would be it would be a lot to handle, you know. But I I, I would get over it if the Jets were good. <laughs> yeah, I would go over it uh, real quick. I suspect <laughs> it's an interesting one because what if Brady says he wants to play till fifty? The Buccaneers are like, that's ridiculous. We're not. Yeah. keeping you here until you're 50 we're resetting we're getting a young quarterback we're going to draft a young quarterback and the jets say well hold on we've yeah. got a young quarterback tom we'll <laughs> let you play till you're 50 if he plays <laughs> another then year, it's a no though because yeah. then it's brett Favre all over again then we got <laughs> then it's another <laughs> brett Favre situation where it's like hey look i don't know let's roll the dice no maybe not but then then again brett Favre was not uh in the same physical uh shape <laughs> at the end of his his career that Tom Brady seems to be in at all points in his life. At every point in his life. I think we can skip 
the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Because that obviously, if you, if the Jets could have drafted Trevor Lawrence, they would have. So right, so that's an obvious tra- uh, trade that they would. Yeah. Make. The Patriots, I think, is again another obvious one. I think if we could redo this draft, I think yeah. the Jets have to take Mac Jones, right? You'd be stupid not to. If you're the Jaguars, you'd at least have to. I'd still trade Trevor Lawrence, oh, but you'd have to at least consider yeah. taking Mac Jones if you were Jacksonville. If you were redoing the draft, the Houston Texans is a fascinating one, and I'm not talking about Tyrod Taylor. I'm talking about Deshaun Watson straight up. The reason that Deshaun Watson is still in Houston is because the Texans, all up until the trade deadline, were demanding a ridiculous asking price for Deshaun Watson, an asking price so high that it scared away the Dolphins, who I'm sure were already willing to give up at least one first-round pick, probably more, plus Tua. If the Texans said, we fucked up, we got to get rid of Watson, we lost all of our leverage by hanging on to him, Please just give us Zach Wilson straight up. This is a home run for me, and I don't even care about the off-field stuff. Oh, I would yeah. do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Would you? Yeah, because that that the off-field thing would be the biggest question. But I do. You, I I don't know. Do you think that that uh, this is a hypothetical game? This isn't going to happen. Do you think that the Jets would consider this based on the off-field stuff? Because do you think that they would care? No. I wonder if they would care. Honestly, I think I think if we're talking real life, the off-field stuff is enough for the Jets to stay away, that you wouldn't invite that level of PR nightmare into New right. York and the New York media. Yeah. Uh, but I would, because I like winning football games. <laughs> so, yeah, not condoning oh, any... Man. By the way, not condoning anything that Deshaun yeah. Watson did not or may have matter. done or allegedly allegedly did. The amount of women that have come forward in this case is just... Yeah. It's just, just, just disgusting. Um, but... With that said, from a football perspective, if we're making hypothetical trades, if we're if we don't have to give up any other assets other than Zach, if this is straight up one for one, you kind of have to do it if you're the Jets. If, if they wouldn't really do it, but I would. Yeah, if it's a straight up football thing, then obviously. But um, you you said it. I mean, yeah, it's not a laughing matter. It's it's. Uh, I was more laughing at the like, oh man, can you could you imagine that media commotion in New York if he came here? But yeah. It's uh, it's a, it's a, re- it's, it's a real bad situation. At worst, you could reflip him to the Dolphins for two and a pick, right? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. I mean, yeah, no, as a football player, uh, Deshaun Watson would again. I mean, the team would just be immediately better. I think it would just, you know, it raises the floor of the team just so much. So you would have to do it from a football standpoint. This is another fascinating one: the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Okay. He's not uh, young. He's not old. No. He's kind of in that Kirk Cousins age range. Yeah. He's kind of in that Kirk Cousins mid-tier skill set. You got to figure how much of Tennessee was Derrick Henry, how much of it is Tannehill. He's a guy that plays really well, but what's his ceiling? He's like the ultimate game manager. I'm going to say yes on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, yeah, I, I would too. I, I would take Tannehill. I think any player like that would work really well in this offense. I think part of the problem with Zach in this offense is that it's kind of not built for what I think his skill sets are right now, it seems to me. Um, and again, that that is not a comment on the fact that he can't hit wide open guys. That's a different thing. But as somebody like that, when we saw like a Mike White or a Josh Johnson come in and the offense is like functioning correctly, if somebody like there's no question in my mind that someone like Ryan Tannehill could pull that off at least to again, at least to a degree where the team is finishing the year with seven or eight wins, you know, that not, not three or potentially four, right? Like it would it, like at least double their win total. I think if they had a Ryan Tannehill like game manager in there. So 
I, I, I would do it. I'd pull the plug on that. But I just don't. The problem is, like like I say, the only thing is in this hypothetical. Zach's going to be amazing for this other team. So then it's like, oh, no. But, yeah. Yep. There's and no, there's no t- getting away from that. You'd have Tannehill and uh, Corey Davis together once he's healthy, too. They'll get the get the game back together. Ooh, getting the band back together. I like yeah. That. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 37 years old, hard yes. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care about the age at all. Give me the MVP. He's going to play at this level for at least three more years. I would have traded Zach Wilson for Aaron Rodgers on draft day, and I'd certainly <laughs> trade him for Aaron Rodgers right now. We don't care that everyone hates him and he's immunized and all this stupid stuff. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And why wait for the ceiling of Zach Wilson to be Aaron Rodgers when you could have Aaron Rodgers right now at 30, whatever. Yeah, 37. Yeah. He's a dumb dick, but he's also the NFL MVP. He's a dumb dick, but he can he can manage the hell out of a game and throw the ball. So, yes. He can host the shit out of Jeopardy. I was actually pretty impressed with him. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he wasn't too bad. He really wanted that job, you could tell. He was, like, really angling yeah. for it. All right, the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan, I'm going hard pass. What about you? Yeah, no. No, Matt Ryan. Never really, never really been a big fan. And, uh, you know, he got scarred by Brady, so we feel his pain. But no, no Matt Ryan. All right, and last but not least in this hypothetical, the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa. I'm going to go, oh, man. See, I was going to say no, but I, I, I don't know who's – have we seen – Two is full ceiling? I, I, like we said, we joked about it being Mariota, and I don't know. I might stand by that, but yeah. I'm going to say no, but this is one I might regret saying no to if the Dolphins offered. I'm going to say a soft no to Tua Tungavailoa. It's close. If they if they threw in some sweeteners, I might do it. Yeah, depending on the sweeteners, maybe, that, but it would have to be a lot. It's it's kind of a hard no for me. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, that Tua is going to be able to... Uh... I just feel like any the fact that like we're doing this and like this hypothetical thing, but the fact that like the Dolphins were pr- it seemed like for a period there were pretty ready to pull the plug onto a, this early into it does not make me feel good about the prospects that that team has going forward. So that's funny for this hypothetical because if the Jets did actually try to make a move with Zach, that really is the sign that they absolutely have that they have as little confidence with him as we are we do right now playing this game. Uh, so no, I didn't. I, I'm I'm kind of out on Tua, and uh, wow, that's really this is a this is a, a good uh, surprise segment you pulled on me here because when you go through it, you're actually like, there's not that many that you would that you would like right now trade straight up. Yeah, I'm glad um, we did this on the spot because the, it really I thought there would be many more, and there really aren't. Yeah, aside from the obvious ones. Yeah, the question going forward now is that do we just wait? Like how how long is the clock on Wilson Wilson's improvements for you? Like is it if we see like if he throws like four touchdowns in a game if he has some monster game for the rest of the year, do you like regret this whole idea of like wanting to trade? Is it like could could he do something the rest of the year that would convince you, or do we need he to? He can, wait? and I sure hope he does, Kevin. <laughs> I so to me the clock on Zach is he gets all of next season. He gets the rest of this year yeah, same. and all of next year. Yeah. Sam got three years. I don't think at this point, seeing what we've seen, that we owe Zach the same three years. I think if he has not progressed to the point where he is a potential franchise quarterback at the end of next season, I don't have a problem with the team cut and bait. I don't want another uh not another Sam situation, but I don't want a situation like the Giants have with Daniel Jones 
where it's like, oh, maybe, yeah. I don't know, and we're still here three years later. Yeah. I don't want another Daniel Jones situation. If Zach doesn't have it together by the end of next year or has at least shown us enough flashes by the end of next year, let's cut bait. Let's cut bait. There's no big-time quarterbacks in the draft this year anyway, so there's no point in drafting a quarterback in the first round, even with our two possibly top five, definitely top ten first-round picks. There's no point in taking a quarterback this year, so you might as well stick with Zach. Plus, we're not going to be a win-now team even going into next year. But, boy, if we if we go into 2023 and we're in the same place we are now, you have to cut bait. You have to. Yeah, you have to be able to see. I agree with you because they, they can't – I don't see a lot of improvements happening for the rest of the year. I mean, I would just be surprised if he ha- even had, like – um, I shouldn't be surprised if he had one kind of monster game, but – in terms of going forward, you have to give him you you have to give him two full years. But I agree with you that the second it kind of comes down to that, like, are we sure that this guy is the guy at that point? Then he's not the guy. And if it's this bad, if he's playing this bad, I might even say halfway through next year they should think about at least just benching him and just doing whatever to try to get the team on the right track. Because if he if he straight up can't hit like wide open guys, that's a problem. If he if there's an improvement. It, uh, incrementally, like, you know, comes out the first few games next year, and it's like, oh, actually, he can do these few things well. Maybe he's not as good as they thought, but he'll be serviceable. Then that's fine. But I think if we're uh, sometime before this point next year, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, I don't know if we're going to be doing this podcast, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're sit here be, sitting here being like, they got to do something right now. I'm not waiting for the end of the year. So I might even I might even pull it up to about, like, week six or seven next year um because you know we are we have seen seven weeks of zach so i think if we if we so far so i think if we have the rest of the year with him and then like six seven weeks into next year at that point you pretty much know Mm -hmm. you know i i I, it doesn't seem like i can't imagine how many circumstances there are where a quarterback made a lot of vast improvements at like the end of their second season it's like at a certain point you kind of know no it's true it's true i think you figure it out who's who pretty quick in this league. I think there's been some slow progressors, like we talk about Josh Allen, but for the most part, you could kind of see if you guy has it. I'll tell you who's not going to be on the team, hopefully, is Matt Amendola. They got to fix this right now. This guy this guy can't kick at all. Uh, or, well, he can kick, but in the wrong direction. So uh, they got to do something. Didn't they have somebody that they called up from the practice squad? They didn't use him? Yeah, it was hilarious because during the game, after Matt Amendola misses that kick, they say on the broadcast, Jay Feely mentions on the broadcast that the Jets signed another kicker before this week's game. Well, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Is he on Jay the Fe- field? Is he on the active roster? Where, if, if you signed a kicker, why isn't he kicking right now, please? Yeah, and then... Can we sign Jay Feely? Does he want to come down? Is he volunteering? Dude, Jay, like, do you still get, you still got it, man? Like, you, even if he's just wearing a suit, like, all right, yeah, I'll head in there and just put the helmet on. Jay's probably in his 40s. He's a kicker. Who cares? I mean, how how long did, <laughs> yeah. did Janikowski kick? How long did Vinatieri kick? I was going to say, is Sebastian still alive? <laughs> bring, bring his... Come on back, big boy. We're ready for you. J-E-T-S. No, I, I, this is not... This is not like we talk about like problems that's like they need tight ends so you got to fix that in free agency basically they need uh secondary players you can draft you can free it to kickers you could just you could just find kickers like kickers are just around you can just grab one yeah. like like so many teams change kickers like middle of the year right like i feel like didn't that happen with the patriots a few years where they're just yeah. like yeah this guy's not working out yeah, great you cut like, year absolutely and by the way nick folk is killing it for the patriots trader so thanks a lot Ugh, man. nick folk is crushing uh, it for the patriots i'll tell you what though 
with every Mason Crosby missed field goal in Green Bay, I am like daring the Packers to cut Mason Crosby. I'm like, please cut Mason Crosby so we could bring him in here tomorrow. <laughs> I beg you, please cut bait with this guy. Yeah, because he's missing big kicks, but it's not like the Jets have like a lot of big kicks. You know, if he can make routine ones, then that's good. There's not a lot of high pressure situations, Mason. If you want to get out of that. If you want to get out of that frozen hell with Aaron Rodgers and all that shit, come on to New York, baby. Swing in. I don't, how old is Mason Crosby? He's like, he's not young. He's got to be pushing 40. But listen, I mean, Mason Crosby leads the NFL and missed field goals, and I want him on my team so bad. <laughs> and that, if there, there is no bigger indictment of Matt Amendola than that. He is really Mason Crossbar, too. He hits, he always like, it's like, kind of, like it'll hit the outside of the thing, or like it'll hit the bottom. Like he's, he's, He's like, he knows generally where the uprights are. <laughs> Mason Crosby, if you're wondering, is also 37. He must have come in at the same time as Aaron Rodgers. Wow. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. I, he does look He does look pretty old. It was like seeing Vinatieri last year, and you're like, man, this is like, this is a little too long for, <laughs> for Vinatieri. Like, I remember when you were fresh-faced. He's outstayed as welcome. Yeah, he's overstayed. Yeah, he's, he's out. But, uh, yeah, this uh, Matt Amendola thing. Joe? We love you, Douglas, but uh, swing and a miss. Got to get somebody else in there. It's ridiculous. And and, and you figure, like, the, the everybody must know that sitting on the bench, right? I always wonder this about kickers. Like, do the guys on the bench just be like, this fucking guy? Like, <laughs> you know? Like, we're trying pretty hard out there. It's true. How do you? How does your team have confidence of, in you if you're having a season like Matt Amendola? How can your coach possibly have confidence in you if you need a kick? I mean, it's just you run him out there because he's your guy, right? He's your kicker. You have no other choice. Talk about a comedy moment, too. The, they, they bring him out. What is it, fourth and sixth? They bring him out. Then they call a timeout. And then it's like, you know what? Nah, never mind. Screw this. You suck. And then they get the first down. So it's like, is that all it takes to, to rile up the team? It's like a remember the Titans moment. Like, you know what? We're going for it, guys. <laughs> Matt, get over here. Like, I don't know. Uh, Sala was pretty fired up when they hit that, when they when they converted that, um, as was I. But Matt Amendola is going to be the best kicker ever for, like, the Colts in 2023. I thought you were going to say the Toronto Argonauts. So if he can make a career with the Colts, <laughs> more power to him. The AAF, he's going to have the record for longest made field goal, in the, if that still exists, which I don't think it does. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for us here at Just End the Show. We will be back next week to talk about the Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jets blow out loss to the Eagles. Yeah, the uh, Eagles get right game. <laughs> we'll be back to break that one down for you, the Jalen Hurts 200 yards rushing game. <laughs> Until then, as always, enjoy the games this week, everybody. We will see you next week. Kevin, take us out. Just End the Show. Just End the Show.